my first time. Welcome. I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No relation. With us as always is Ian Bone Smith. Coming at you. <laughs> related to me. Not related to me. All right, so this show is where we tell hilarious and awkward tales and uh, terrible tales of, of first times. times. Yeah, and tonight we're going to be talking about the first time of uh, drunk. Yeah. Being drunk, getting drunk, watching drunks. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I think it would be funny. If I had wish it. I had a story about watching drunks. Most of us just have stuff. But more like a, like a wino on the street, not just drunk people at a party. Uh, either way. Uh, our very special guests are Derek Ringold. Hello. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Rachel Ramirez. Hello. Hello. And coming back uh, or with us uh, many our times. Our returning champion. Yeah, T. Chick McClure. Hello. Our co-producer and photographer of all the great guests on our show and um, has a pocket full of drunk stories. Yeah? <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's going to be hard to choose. Uh, Chick, remind everybody who you are and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, well, I'm T. Chick McClure. I'm an artist. I work primarily in photography. Um, you can follow me, and I would love it if you followed me on Instagram. Save that for the end. I'll plug that later. <laughs> uh, drink of choice? Oh, my drink of choice. Oh, yes. Well, currently, my drink of choice is cold water. <laughs> but uh, I really love cold water. But it used to be vodka and orange juice. Get it in, get it in, get it in. <laughs> <laughs> screwdriver, right? Is yeah, that, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jam it in, screwdriver. Yeah, yeah. Get it in there. <laughs> Rachel? Uh, what do I do? I say what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my name's Rachel Ramrez. Oh, hello, Rachel Ramrez. Hi. 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 Welcome. <laughs> I know a lot of these people from the Groundlings from many years ago, and I'm currently a writer and actress and mother to two 14-year-olds, and, um, and yeah. And early to better. Early to better, for yeah. sure. Um, my drink of choice, which I have every night, which my husband makes me. Ooh. <laughs> he doesn't make me drink it. He makes it for me. Oh. <laughs> is a vodka martini straight up with blue cheese olives. Nice. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yes. Salty, briny. Every night. Uh, my, gra- my grandfather's been doing that for as long as I can remember, and so I think I do it. I don't think I even love the way it tastes. I think I just like <laughs> the way I feel, and also it makes me feel like my grandfather. Nice. That's yeah, so nice. That's yeah. sweet. Like Derek. That. Hello, I'm oh, Derek Ringgold. This is my first podcast ever. Um, thank you, Colleen and Mary Jo. Um, roommates with Colleen for a long time. So a lot of our um, drunk stories will involve each other. <laughs> we, might, we might be referencing each other. Um, I'm an actor and a personal trainer, and I'm... Excited to be here. My drink of choice after many, <laughs> many experimentations. Um, I think it's just the Tito's and Sprite, just vodka Sprite, organic vodka and Sprite. Organic vodka and Sprite. That's so LA. So funny that the vodka organic and then it's, it's just natural. Sprite. Yeah, yeah. It's just a sugar. I've tried natural yellow I've and tried, organic. I've tried soda. I need something. I need sugar. I need some flavor. I can't just have like a lime with you know. Club soda, yeah, have to have yeah, some sort of sugar or something. So, uh, you also metabolize everything, unlike most people. Well, so. That's another story. <laughs> uh, Mary Jo, what's your favorite drink? Oh, uh, my favorite drink, gosh, I think these days my favorite drink is a glass of champagne. Mm. That's my favorite drink. 
Yeah. It, but it, it used to be other things, but that's what it is today. Champagne say. versus Prosecco, and is there a difference? <laughs> yes, there's a difference. Uh, to me, it's just like it has to be dry, dry, yeah. dry, dry, super yeah. dry. Some Proseccos aren't that dry. Although, these days, I do love an Aperol Spritz. Yeah. People love those. <laughs> I know. Does that have champagne in it? It does. You like yeah. a bubble. In it, bubble. I do uh, love yeah. a bubble. bubble. Okay. I love a bubble. <laughs> uh, my favorite drink, I think... It's just wine. I like wine. I like all the shades of wine. <laughs> I like champagne. Uh, but we just recently went to New Orleans. The Sazerac. Yeah, the it, we fell in love with the Sazerac, what which is, is it? it's like an iceless, um, old fashioned, with they mist or pre rinse the glass in um, absinthe. So there's a little oh, bit of that yeah. kind of. Uh, very New Orleans-y. Yeah, uh, which you, it's very easy to suck them down very fast Isn't because... There's Aperol or something in there too, though? There's something Possibly. There. They're slightly different than a old-fashioned, but that's, I think, the closest thing I could describe it as or being similar to. And absinthe have... is the one where you go, like, you hallucinate? I don't think they make absinthe the way they <laughs> oh. did, right? Because now absinthe is legal, and I think it used to be a yeah, hardcore hallucination. Yeah. I had absinthe in New Orleans. It was strong. Yeah. It's crazy. But I think like the kind where you would light a sugar cube and hallucinate, like That's, back, it's not the same absence? I don't think it's the same oh. anymore. Maybe mm. if you went you got it in Europe. But I think I remember people going to Europe and like having absinthe and they're like, nah, it's nothing. No, okay. Yeah, I remember just pouring it into a glass and drinking yeah, it. Yeah, I think like it, the whole <laughs> I think it used to have absinthe spray. Did it used to be in a stump? Like a wood? I don't know. Something like that, maybe. I feel like a stump. Yeah, like a piece of wood, or look like it was supposed I don't to be. Know. I think You're it was Yeah, I think it was supposed <laughs> to be kind of like an acidy type trip, and now I think it's just like Everclear. It's just very yeah. strong, yeah. but tastes like black licorice. Right, right, right. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Ian, what is your drink of choice? Uh, silver tequila on the rocks with a lime. Oh. Mm. Several limes, actually. Several limes. Silver with tequila. ice. Oh, on yeah, the rocks. Yeah. That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Any preference? <laughs> A type? Like a, I like Casadoras or Don Julio. Yeah, Don Julio. Mm, all right. I hope it, anyone who's trying to maintain a sobriety does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> Get yourself to a meeting quickly. <laughs> Triggered in any way. <laughs> uh, okay, so I will start. So um, I believe the first time I ever got drunk was with uh, Ian at this table and my older sister Heather on Zima's. Oh, Zima. I don't really remember. Not because it was, I don't remember because I got drunk. I just don't think it was particularly significant. Um, And then I became friends with Derek Ringgold and a group of other people. And I learned the power of just taking shots and getting (laughs) loaded (laughs) as, as cheaply and as quickly as possible. And then you'd go out and buy really cheap margaritas for like $3 at Club 80's. And $2, and $2, $3, however much what they were. So that was just years of drunk. Like just we were always drunk. We were always doing <laughs> shots. We would buy giant boxes of beer. Like it would be somebody's turn and we would get one of those big 24, or like 48 the, packs. The box wine. So you were legal uh, at this point. Yes, legal. Okay, okay. Uh, I did no. actually, no, no, no. So <laughs> this, is a, this is a memory with the I that I. had ID for a long time. Uh, so. We went to um, Rage on Santa Monica yes. Boulevard. Are you telling the story, dude? No, I'm okay. not telling that story. So we went to Rage <laughs> on Santa Monica Boulevard, and Derek is a year younger than me, mm-hmm. but he had a fake ID. So he was 19 and I was 20. And Rage was an 18 and over club, but because he had a fake ID, he got a wristband yes. to get drinks. Sure. And so we were in the middle of the dance floor, 
and Derek let me take a sip of his drink. She didn't have her bracelet on. I didn't have a bracelet on because I didn't have a fake ID. <laughs> so security came and kicked us both out. Wow, they saw that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. This crazy security guard, this older, like. He <laughs> was mad. And he, uh, he kicked us out, and our big cover was that I was just trying to sniff it, that I wasn't drinking it. <laughs> we were so drunk. And this was also when Santa Monica was being gutted, so it was like there was no road in certain parts. It was all dug up. And so very dramatically, as he kicked us out, we were like, you threw us in a pit. We fell out in a pit. <laughs> oh my God. And then I don't remember that. Derek's just like smoking and yelling at the street about how the security guy threw us both in a pit. <laughs> yeah. So there are memories like that of just drunk, 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 as cheaply as you could, box wine, jug wine. Like, we made the step up from box wine to jug wine. Jug wine was fancier. Um, we got very, very drunk together on a Thanksgiving after my father died, watching a Buffy uh, marathon, and my mother cooked the entire thing, and Derek and I just sat on the couch drinking jug wine. We had one of every color. Wasted. Wasted. Wow. Um, but I have, uh, I think one of my most significant memories is not 100% my memory. It's my sister's memory, Jennifer, uh, which is I was, we were in our newer apartment and I was hosting a party and um, I had gotten a big jug of Carlo Rossi red wine <laughs> and cookie dough. Who is Carlo Rossi? I don't know his story. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know his, his journey, his, yeah. his life's journey. I can see him on the cover. Does he wear a fedora? No. Uh, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were drinking jug wine. I think we were playing games, and no one was really eating the cookie dough I had. So I just ate a lot of. I think I didn't eat, and then at some point, you know, when you hit that drunk where you're like, I gotta eat something. Uh-huh. But all I had to eat was cookie dough. So I just ate a bunch oh. of cookie dough. Oh my god! I know. And then there was just that moment where it's like, I gotta, I gotta go to the room and go throw up. So yeah. I got up to leave, and when I didn't come back. After, I think, about 10 minutes, Jen was like, all right, guys, I think Colleen's sort of done. Uh, And everybody started to leave. But uh, this one guy just lingered because he was a very nice, talkative person, just lingered to talk to Jennifer. And she's like, well, let me go check on Colleen. So she comes in. And this story is just how Jennifer found me progressively worse and worse and worse every time she came to visit me. So she comes in, and I'm over the toilet and she said my entire hand oh. was covered in what looked like red sand huh? because I had been pe- forcing myself to throw up. I don't usually puke on my own. <laughs> like my body doesn't respond to things with throwing up. It likes oh. to keep it down. Yeah. So I have to force it out of me. So I had puked it up, but in the sense of puking, I guess it had drizzled down my hands. So it was all it was, <laughs> was red wine and cookie dough oh. just like oh. down oh, my arm. And she's like, okay, Colleen, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'll get it out. It's fine or whatever. So then (laughs) she goes back, talks to this guy like, yeah, Colleen's pretty wasted. But he's just not getting the hint and keeps talking to her and talking to her. She's like, okay, well, I got to go back check on Colleen. She comes back. And I'm, uh, I've cleaned the red sand off my hand. I'm completely (laughs) naked, except my pants are down around my ankles. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not in the shower. I'm just lying outside of the shower oh with no clothes on and everything's just down around my ankles. So she's like, okay. So she, <laughs> she helps me out of my pants. And, uh, and the guy's still in the other the room. The guy's still in the other room by the front door. She helps me out of my pants and my shoes. I think maybe I didn't have shoes on. I'm not sure. And she gets me in the shower. So then she goes and she's like, dude, I got to, like, she's, 
she's now in the shower, whatever. Uh, but I think he still lingered and talked. So the next time she comes in, I'm curled up in a ball on the shower floor, but not in the stream oh. of the shower. Oh my god! Because it was Derek has this bathroom now. We switched rooms. Uh, it's a, it was like a big. I can see why. It was a big square shower, so if it, and it had like a bench in it and everything. So I was in this like fetal position out, out of the water, lying down on the ground. So then she goes back and she's like, "Dude, I, you got to get out," because now she's in running water, lying down, and she could die. So she finally gets rid of him, and she comes back, and she's, I'm just shivering, and I'm like, "It's so cold." It's so cold. And she's using her hands to try to get <laughs> hot water on me. And I'm like, oh, that's that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, so cold. So cold. And she's like, because you're not you're not under the water, Colleen. <laughs> and I wouldn't move. And so oh she just God. had to be like, and that's how she describes it as I had to maneuver your naked, wet, <laughs> slippery body oh and God. push you underneath. The water, and then she finally succeeded in that, and I was very happy. But then she's like, "I can't just sit here and make sure you don't drown all night." <laughs> so she uh, she finally forced me to get out and um, and go to bed. And I think I woke up with no memory. I don't have a memory of this. Uh, I just know, now I think I have a memory of it because Jennifer has described it to me so vividly. Um, I wish that this was the only time that I have been <laughs> naked in a shower, drunk, <laughs> with someone having to, like, help me. Like, uh, Nicole Payone has had to do that. Uh, maybe that's the only time. There's two times. <laughs> but I wish that that was the only time I've ever gotten drunk or right. that I haven't puked over the side of a car yeah. or that. Um, but I do, my go-to when I'm drunk is to make myself throw up, which I learned is actually a good thing because... Trying to let it like work through your system the next day is the worst. Yeah. And I love a shower. I love to just sit in a shower, a hot shower for hours. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my story. Wow. Yay. Yay. You didn't know that story? You weren't there for some reason that I night. I knew the whole specifics. <laughs> so did you not get hung over because you would make yourself throw up? I'll get hung over, but not as bad. Okay. I mean, I was younger, so yeah, it was not nearly as horrible. But oh, yeah, the, the times, yeah. the times where I've been like, maybe just eat something and go to bed. Uh, those are the worst hangovers. Versus mm. where I've been like, uh oh, you need to get this out of your system. Hmm. Get it out. I'll, even if I do have a hangover, it's like, I think you just whatever amount of alcohol was still in your system, your body is not poisoned with. Right. So it's like. That's out of me. Which I wish I was like old enough or skilled enough to be like, you've hit your limit, but the limit changes. Yes. You know? Well, yeah, and and it, it depends on so much, right? Like it yeah. depends on if you've eaten, what you've eaten, when, when you you've eaten. eaten. Yeah, all of that stuff. Water. Yeah. yeah. Water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I can't, it doesn't take much for me to get drunk anymore, but the one thing I can tell you when it is my turn is like the <laughs> quantity that I used to be able to yeah. drink mm-hmm. versus what I can at all tolerate now is vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not, but it's like those drug addicts who get clean and then they go back to their initial, what they dose. used to do, dose, and then, and then they, they owed, overdose yeah, because the yeah, they it. still think, like, I still think I'm 21. Right. right. <laughs> Drink like a 21 year old. <laughs> anyway, guys, cool. that's my star. <laughs> oh. All right, Derek. All right. Uh, um, <laughs> well, my first time 
getting wasted was in college freshman year at the like freshman welcome freshman orientation <laughs> dance. First impressions. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a whole meeting about it like that Friday and was like if anybody's visibly drunk or visibly intoxicated, there will be consequences or suspension. So there was that. But anyway, so to pre- preface that, <laughs> in high school I wasn't really a drinker. I was just kind of like, you know, one beer, two beers, woo, wasted, you know. And <laughs> um, you know, I would like do Zimas as well. And I think I asked like one of the jocks who was like, we were going to prom after the, uh, you know, we're going to the Hamptons after the prom, and you know, the jocks were taking the, you know, the alcohol orders from all of us, you know, to get the, to get their older brother to get the alcohol for us, and I was like, can I get a six pack of Zima? To <laughs> 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 so like the head of the football team, he's like, yeah, sure, Derek. <laughs> so I mean, so my, you know, I was just like, you know, two sips of Zima and two sips of beer, I was wasted. But anyway, I got to college and I started doing shots. Yeah. And so then you discover, like, you can get really drunk really fast. You get you take the shots. So I took, like, at least 10 shots of, like, Bacardi rum or something Ooh. before that. Before that dance. And I was just, I couldn't walk. Like, oh. everybody was kind of carrying me to that dance. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I was talking to my friend Patrick and the the dance was outside by the, you know, by the community pool. And I was like, you're trying to push me in the pool. You're trying to push me in the pool. He's like, I'm not trying to push you in the pool, Derek. What's going on? So so I went home and like, I remember the RAs were like looking for me. And people were like, do not answer the door. Whatever you do, just pretend that you're passed out. Because they were going to do something. Because everybody was like, he's wasted. Like kick you out of school? I don't know if they were going to kick me out. But like some sort of like consequences are going to happen. Like suspension or I don't know. So, but anyway, I got through that. But anyway, that started, like, the whole downward spiral into party boy Derek in my 20s, you know, kind of, all right, this is what I do. I do, like, 10 shots before I go out, and then I have one drink at the bar, and I think I'm saving money or whatever. Uh, right. Sure. <laughs> plus, I'm under 21, so, you know, it's, if if I didn't have the ID at the time for whatever reason, I would have to get wasted at the home and, like, you know, not drink at the bar. So, um, and that started the whole thing. And I, we were out like six nights a week, like mm-hmm. f- f- nineteen to twenty-three. Only Mondays we had off, you know. Wow. I don't remember why did we have Mondays off. Because Monday was was, was a rest day or something, you know. <laughs> we took a rest day. Well, I did. <laughs> you would tag along sometimes, but I was out Tuesday night, yeah, Wednesday night, Thursday night, night yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fun day, and then Sunday, Monday would be day. like recovery. Yeah. And that was me for a long time. Yeah. And then like people had to, you know started having interventions with me and started talking to me about having limits and I remember like so many conversations you guys have with me you're so selfish when you go out we're tired of taking care of you Uh, we're tired of you know you just running off and throwing up and getting kicked out and we have to follow you and you know we our night is ruined because of it how did whatever how did yeah how did you feel when they would say that I would just be like it's my life I'm doing I'm having fun you know like don't worry about me. I'm having fun. I can take care of myself. And like, so you, yeah, but you didn't you're, feel like a problem to you. Not at the time. Yeah. I thought it was this is what people do in their twenties. You go out, you get wasted, and then you figure it out. You lose your friends. Who cares? You know, like you find a ride home, and you know you laugh about it the next day. But like every night, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? You're you're doing that every night, and it just becomes exhausting. So in yeah. hindsight, I'm like, oh my god, you know, yeah. I'm like wow. Did yeah. you slow down when you became a personal trainer, or just? As you got older. Kind of. I mean, I started, to be honest, I started kind of smoking pot. (laughs) (laughs) The whole medical thing happened. Um, But yeah, and then I became a personal trainer and I started having to wake up at like six in the morning. So 
going out during the week stopped. So that had a lot to do with it. Wow. Do you have any interest in telling the uh, broken foot story? Broken foot story? Uh. Oh. (laughs) Two of my guy friends and I decided decided to day drink on a Thursday because we're stupid. Because it was the only day we all had off because we're all working retail and restaurants and stuff. It's like, we have Thursday off. Let's day drink. (laughs) So we're out on Thursday in West Hollywood. Nobody's out. Like two, three people are in bars, you know, and we're getting wasted. And then we decided to, like, go back to one of my friend's apartment who lives in West Hollywood to take a break and we're taking a shower <laughs> and my friend's like coming in with like a, bo- a glass of water like a jug of water and he throws it on us because oh we're just wasted and he just like drops the glass on my foot <gasps> oh. and I'm bleeding and oh. my foot's bloody and the shower's bloody oh shit no stitches but yeah wait it was close. but there's another when <laughs> you broke someone's foot Oh, that story. <laughs> you don't have to tell it if Why you don't want are you to. Resisting it was my twenty first. Well, there's a couple of feet story, I guess. <laughs> Remember, I know most of your drug stories. There's the there's the glass in the foot story, and then there's I was kind of seeing this guy, and he was at my twenty first birthday party, and he wouldn't hook up with me or something. I was like, "You need to hook up with me tonight. It's my twenty first birthday I'm party." Break he was your like, foot. "No." <laughs> And so I pushed him down the stairs. Oh, <laughs> I was God. drunk. I didn't know we were on the right. stairs at the time. So I just like, and we just both kind of fell. Oh, damn. And the next day he was like, my foot's broken. <gasps> he went past. Oh, and then just oh, well. And you were like, but my heart is broken. And, um, like you should have just. Was he one of the people that intervened birthday. on you? No. No. <laughs> no. No. He had his own things that he should. he was in trouble for. And then there's just the one more, which I forgot about. It's the one more broken foot story? No, it's not a broken oh, okay. foot story, but it, it... I have a broken ankle story. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, remember when we stayed at that apartment with Jason's thing in West Hollywood? Oh, and I couldn't get in because you guys were all passed out? Yeah. And I climbed up the tree? <gasps> yeah. So we that was we, scary actually because they were all passed out. My friend was living in an apartment, but he was moving out, so it was kind of like the last days on the lease, and there was no furniture in that apartment, just like a mattress. <laughs> and we were just kind of staying there for the week and going out. And then I came back because they had all went back early, and I came back and nobody was answering their phones and nobody was answering the call box. So I climbed the tree up to the first floor and I fell. Oh no! And I stood up and climbed back up again and made it. <laughs> Uh, and I woke up and I, my arm was all scraped up. And I thought we were on the second floor. You had to get on the it, balcony. Well, it was the second floor, yeah, but it was like the first level or whatever. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that was scary. That could have been bad. Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah, I, I've, I've done my 20s. I've done the partying. So. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. But, yeah, now it's like two, three drinks minimum, you know. Minimum? Yeah. Maximum. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Maximum. <laughs> Two drinks and a beer, that's usually uh-huh. it. Yeah. Anything more than that? Yeah. It's the worst. It's like two day two day recovery. It's not worth it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I can't I can't you don't know. I can't do even close to what I used to do. At all. We're so sad. I know. <laughs> we should be happy. I think it's a good I thing. I think it's yeah. a good thing. It is a good thing. Some people don't come out of that phase, you know? Some people are oh. still yeah. yeah, it's true. Yep. And on that note. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Rachel, I want to hear about okay. your dark experience. Well, I was a very dorky kid and a total goody two-shoes and never wanted to do anything wrong and I wanted to be perfect. And so I 
never did anything ever, 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 ever. <laughs> and then um, I think that's not probably the right, right way to do it because then you – when you finally do, you you do too much, you know. But um, so if my parents went out of town when I was like 17 and I thought, you know what? This is crazy. I'm 17 and I'm just going to go for it. And there <laughs> – but I was by myself, no friends. Like oh, just like I didn't really I have love friends. this story. So I just opened up the fridge and there was a bottle of white wine, which I'm sure my mom had maybe had like a glass – of, but it seemed pretty full. Sure. <laughs> and something about wine didn't seem so terrible. It seemed like I was being elegant and responsible. Um, and I drank home? the whole bottle. And then I must have called, drunkenly called, one of my very few friends. I had hardly any friends. And they were like, we're coming over. So my friends Suzanne and Nicole came over. And I remember I answered the door and threw up and kind of fell and we lived in Paradise Valley with like we had like cement um where's Paradise Valley in Arizona like just lots of like concrete and cement you know so that's what I landed on and um they brought me inside and tried to take care of me and um it was I think it was so embarrassing yeah which is why my biggest uh feelings about alcohol is i'm so worried about looking foolish okay so like when i hear your stories of like having parties and getting wasted with your friends i'm like kind of jealous of that because it seems like you can cut loose with your friends no one's gonna judge you Uh i think i was so afraid of looking dumb that to this day, I'm 44 now. Like the only time I will let myself get a little drunk is at home. Mm-hmm. Like usually mm. just with Hugh, just with my husband. Um, like I'll go if I go out with friends. If the second I feel like I'm getting drunk, I'll stop. Mm-hmm. Like I'm that's so controlling of me, <laughs> but I'm so. Um, and it's weird because I don't judge other people. Like if I see. Someone super drunk and having fun. I always think that looks fun. (laughs) It would make more sense if I was like, you look like a horrible person. (laughs) But I just can't do it for myself. I can't super let go. And if I ever do drink too much, I wake up the next morning filled with shame. Like, even Mm -hmm. if I didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, And so I don't really know what that is. I think I, I would love to get past that. But then the problem is now that. Now I get hungover if I have more than a couple drinks right. now. So it's like I think I missed my window <laughs> of be being able to be drunk yeah. and not feel shame about it. Right. Did you get in trouble for the wine? No. And if anything, my parents were like, my parents were the type that were like, do you want to bring a boy home? And I'm like, no. Do you want a glass of wine? No. You know, so th- they just could tell I was just weird and like they could, they wanted me to cut loose. Mm. I just was, not, I was such an uptight kid. Were you an only child? Now I have an older brother and he was pretty straight laced too. But like he would at least go to parties. I really didn't have friends so I wasn't invited to parties. Um, and then, you know, like in college I would do like, but I never let myself get drunk. Um, and so now it is, it's like me at home 
I, I will drink too, a little too much and then just fall asleep while we're watching a movie. Yeah. And then still wake up feeling kind of like, oh, why'd I do that? <laughs> but it, it, it was so funny, though. Like, me, my daughter is very much, I can tell, a mini me. So she's 14. So our son is, I'm the type of mom where I do say, does anyone want like a sip of my wine or beer because I, in my head I'm like if I demystify it yeah, yeah whatever yeah. Luke always takes a sip okay Mila's like <laughs> no it's alcohol I'm never gonna drink alcohol <laughs> and I'm like oh, okay sure uh-huh. um and then the other day we had Jim Rash over and I, I think I because I was safe at home I mean home is my safe spot like the fact that I'm here tonight <laughs> <laughs> is a big thing. Um, and I will have a martini when I get home. Yes. Um, but I woke up the next day and I was a little hungover and I I don't know why I told the kids. I said, um, I said, yeah, I because I, I went to the gym and that's like if you've had too much to drink and you're exercising, I just felt horrible. Yeah, you can smell it coming out of your pores. Oh, so I just worst. said, I think I just said to Mila, like I had, because that was what it was. I think I had had like two martinis, which is, that's a lot, yeah. you know. And she went, were you drunk? <laughs> and I'm like, I think I was um, tipsy. I don't know, because like even then I felt like, caught by her or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I really, I wish I could know what it is. Because um, one time I did even, we were leaving a restaurant. We had gone out with friends and I think I had had like three glasses of wine. And this is only like maybe four years ago. So I'm 40, you know, and I, we were waiting at the valet and I went to get my money out and I lost my balance and I fell on my butt. Ooh. Okay. That should be like, I've seen girls do that. Yes. And they laugh. Yes. Usually. And their friends laugh and they pick them up and they brush off their, you know, tush and they move on. I wanted to start crying. I felt so, and no one was judging me. No one was shaming me. It all comes from me. So I don't know what that is. It's horrible I totally get that. You do? Yes. Okay. I have shame about stuff like that, too. You do? It, more and more as I get older, but, like, I will go through a night and be like, what oh, God, I what, did, what I did I say? What did I do? And it'll be like, you didn't say anything. You didn't, but I, and I have that sober or not sober. It's just getting worse as I get yeah, older. Yeah, like, when you started <laughs> doing improv, did you, did any of that shame stuff, like, when I first started doing improv, I had to get past being embarrassed because I was so sure. easily embarrassed. And then it, with improv, I mean, you just—that's what you do. You're just—you're just doing embarrassing shit the entire time you're up there, right? And you got to be comfortable with it and cool with it. And in the beginning, I was like, I can't do this. I'm—I was so embarrassed. Well, that was a big note that when you were in the main company and I was still in Sunday, that I got from the main company, which was, we really like Rachel, but she needs to do a character because I would always write things. With like a clever turn of phrase and a funny this or that. But I never would do a character because I was afraid of feeling embarrassed. Mm. And then I did do this one character, Sneakers, which is like, was such a big character. (laughs) And so embarrassing to look at. But it was super liberating, of course. Um, 
but it is, it's also weird that, you know, here we are in this business and we both have like embarrassment issues, mm-hmm. but you know, I, you've worked past yours and I'm trying to. Well, I have a question for you because for those of you who haven't watched, Rachel has a show called Nobody's. Yeah. It's, it's a cancel, mm. a defunct show. It doesn't matter because oh. the first two seasons are great and they, they sort of, they tie it up so you could watch it as a standalone, amazing kind of British yeah. show. Think of it oh. that way. <laughs> but in it, your character gets drunk a lot and does a lot of foolish things. Yes. Did you, was that a just like you wanted, it was a plot device or was it a? I think it was fun for me to yeah. get to experience being silly and crazy and, and not have to really do it and then judge myself. So yeah. um, I'm sure it was sort of a, a cathartic way to to get past that deep-seated shame and that I have. Yeah, about it. I get that because playing drunk is fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt kind of like drunk. Well, and you like, were good at it too. Like you could, like you, well, some people are not so great at playing drunk. <laughs> you know, like you're like, no, you're not really you. drunk. Do you have any yeah. like therapisty thing where they, they've told you, I think this is this or <sighs> any big religious thing you were raised as or do you think it's just like being nerdy <laughs> and not wanting to seem. I, I think I've therapized myself. Here's what I think it is. <laughs> so I grew up, my mom ha- uh, had breast cancer when I was six years old, and she lived with breast cancer till she died when she was 59. So basically my whole life. Mm. So I had a very stunted childhood in that from the time I found out my mom was sick, I was like, I'm going to take care of my mom, be there for my mom, always be on guard for my mom. Uh, if I get invited to a friend's house, I'm not going to go because I'd rather spend time with my mom. I don't know how long my mom's going to be alive. Mm. Um, I never wanted to go out. I never wanted to do anything. So I think I became a control freak. Mm-hmm. And then I think the idea that like, because I would get, I can't tell you the number of times my phone would ring as I got older and it'd be like, mom's cancer came back. We got the test. It's back. And I always thought, God forbid I'm drunk when I get that, mm. or like I'm out and I don't have my phone with me or something. Like I always wanted to be like at the ready to do what? I don't know. Like mm. there's nothing I could do about it. Mm. But I think I always wanted to be like, and then, you know, transitioning then into having kids, I'm always like, because a lot of times people will be like, well, so the weekends that they're with their dad, you guys must be like, you woo-hoo. know, woo-hoo. Yeah. and I'm like, no, because I'm, I'm a mom 24 hours a day, so I'm always like, well, what if right. I get the phone call that someone now is this? So for me, I think it's a perpe- I'm in a perpetual state of anxiety. Yeah. And I'll let myself, drinking for me, I wish pot worked for me. I've tried it no. so many times. It makes you more anxious? So much more anxious. Like, so, and everyone I tell this to, they're like, you're doing the wrong strain. And I'm like, in the cup. eight times I've tried this in different forms, and every time it's been... So horrendous. Yeah. It's not it can exacerbate, yeah, if you already are a little. So it's anxiety, it's control. Um, Valium. It's probably what oh. oh, no. <laughs> Out of hand. Let's no. just get you addicted to it's prescription drugs. Love it. I do get that, though. Like, you want to be sober in an emergency. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that feeling. Yeah, I totally understand that. It's just not very fun. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a little bit, and again, now I feel like now that I'm getting a little 
looser and a little more, I don't care so much what people think about me. The irony is now I'm hung over very easily. (laughs) (laughs) And I fall asleep really fast. So, oh well, I missed out. Listen, um, cocaine. Have you heard of it? Oh no. It's so funny that I've never done any other drug. Don't do it. Ever. And in fact, the the first time I smoked pot, I called 911. Did you really? I thought I was dying. Yeah. I mean, I'm so dorky. It's like, Crazy. You are that woman. Yes. What did you say when that you called? Call. I said, I think I've overdosed. Yeah, because I was like, I remember just feeling so like, like, like this feeling has to stop. And I just right. thought, oh my God, I imagine my parents getting the phone call, Rachel overdosed. I can't do that <laughs> to my pot. mom. And so I just I called 911. I'm like, I think I've overdosed. I didn't say pot. I just said, I think I've overdosed on drugs. And the... Ambulance came, took me to the hospital. Like, this cost me so much money. (laughs) And I come to find out the next day when I do go home, uh, people in my apartment, I was living in a studio on Wilcox, and they were like, there were drug dogs and police in your apartment (gasps) last night. So they were searching for these drugs I took, which I didn't didn't take there. I took some, I smoked somewhere else, drove home totally like. Oh my God, they searched your apartment. Yeah. (laughs) What did the doctor say when you said it was weed? Um, I mean, I was so out of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure they had a huge laugh. I wonder if it was laced with something though. Oh, maybe. I don't think be. so. I really, I'm telling you, the I last had, time I did, I had like a mint. I was watching the Bachelor finale and I, I started crying. I said, Hugh, you got to make it stop. I don't know oh, what to no. do. <laughs> I'm just not low good. Tal- low tolerance, too. Yeah, you know? very low. Wait, like you thought million. you OD'd on weed? I thought I OD'd on weed when I was like 19 at a party for Olive Garden the restaurant I was working at. at so I didn't really of... know. Like, it was an Olive Garden party, like a restaurant party, like party Saturday for night. Garden. Yeah, party for Olive Garden. Happy um, birthday. And I didn't really know these people. I was, like, home for the summer from um, college, and I was that was my summer job in New York. And so a friend of mine was like, hey, I got this stuff from the city. We're going to smoke it tonight at the party. I'm like, okay, the cool. City. And I had smoked pot before. It wasn't a big deal. And so I smoked one hit. And I thought I was dying. I was like, you guys, I feel like I'm being taken up into the sky and uh-huh. I can't come back down. I feel like God is taking me up oh. into the sky. And they were like, Derek, you're tripping balls right now. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm coming out of my body. And I started running out of the party and I ran to like a gas station and I was like, you have to call somebody. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, Derek, get it together. Get it together. And so I like, I eventually like threw up and right. like I stayed wow. over. It was like such a party foul. Like who is this? <laughs> Who's uh, fucking did one hit a pot and is like dying right now? We would have been friends. Yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah, but now I'm like fine. <laughs> what's interesting, three stories in, Derek didn't do anything in high school. I didn't I didn't yeah. do any I still haven't done anything but alcohol. And I've done like some prescription drugs, but you did a little pot. Oh well now, yeah. And I the the one time I don't know, it's a it's a bad You're not it's not good for you. No, and it's like we have three people who very much like didn't do anything. I was such a good kid. Right. So I don't know what the... I went to Catholic school. I went to yeah. Catholic school. So is it like, are those kids that grow up in France and like from an early age, they, <laughs> give, like, they give a little bit of wine to the nine-year-olds? They're smoking Maybe they're at 12. fine. I don't know. I don't uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any kind of hard and fast rule. Yeah. For me, it was a letting loose, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. I was always, like, trying to be the best and, you know, yeah. trying to, you know, be the best mm-hmm. performer, be the best in grammar school, not so much high school, but, right. you know, 
And so drinking was just like, it was kind of this like poison to me or whatever, you know, I didn't want to feel it. And then I got to college and I was like, let's try yeah. it all. <laughs> let's loose. But Uniform it, for 12 years. It is a shortcut. Like the letting go, the letting loose stuff, you should do. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you what you should do, but like, I think mentally we should all do it without... Right. I think alcohol is a shortcut. Well, should totally, I do, yeah. what, do what without? Like, we, sh- we should be able to speak our mind or be sexual or oh, be outgoing right. or yeah, be friendly or be all that's the things we should. want to be. Right. And we Sober. should be able to do it without alcohol. Alcohol is liquid courage. It's liquid whatever. It the is. The problem with that is I think that comes with age. Yeah. And you've already established... Uh, a habit when you're younger because you would never think that you could have sex or be funny or go out to a party and be popular without alcohol when you're younger. I can't right. imagine. And so then by the time you've learned like, oh, I don't need that, you're it's sort of a, just a habitual thing now. Like I really kind of can't imagine not having a drink or two, but I'm, maybe my personality wouldn't change at all. Maybe it'd be better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You're pre- you're perfect exactly the way you are. Yay! T. Chick McClure has things Hi, to babe. say. Yeah, what do you got? Um. All right. Well, uh, it's hard to. I was thinking that I remembered what my first drunk was, but it's actually not that. But I will. I will get to that particular <laughs> thing. But I too did not drink when I was in high school. Total nerd, goody two shoe mm-hmm. type. I ended up deciding that I wasn't going to give a fuck of what anybody thought about me in high school, and then I was sort of liberated from that. But I still didn't uh, liberated from the uh, uh, from the uh, I don't know, like the peer pressure shit or whatever gets in the mix that mm-hmm. causes somebody to start drinking in high school. But I was not going to ever drink, never ever. Why? Um, I, I, I think that I absorbed my mother's opinion about Mm. people who drink Mm. and her opinion is not favorable to people (laughs) who drink and she does not drink. Does she have an oldie timey uh, Southern saying about it? Uh, no, she doesn't have, she doesn't have any oldie timey Southern sayings, does she? No, Yeah, she just has gestures. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I never, I think, I, I think I absorbed my mother's opinion, but so, and then my friends were, n- not my close friend, my close, she and I were nerds together and didn't drink, but, um, but everyone else in my color guard, they, <laughs> <laughs> I was in color guard, <laughs> they drank. You were sober in color guard. I was very sober and very serious in color guard. Um, could not dance then either, but, um, but so after graduation, when I was about, I think I was probably late 19, maybe 20 when I did start to drink. And I remember we were going to, my mom was going to be out of town and my father wasn't around at that point. So my house was the place to go get wasted. And so I think my friends brought over their boyfriends and we got some vodka and some orange juice. It's always been vodka and orange juice. Oh, and then this pre-mixed, uh. Sex on the Beach. Ooh. Yeah, which I hid oh, under my... Yeah, so gross. I hid, I hid under the, my bathroom sink in my mom's house, <gasps> and I, I 
I want to bet $100 that it's still there. Wow. <laughs> and Sarsuka Beach is like, it looks like a sunset, right? It's like peach juice yeah. and orange yeah, juice and this vodka. Was just like, yeah, this, this was just like red Kool-Aid. Yeah. It's as bad as actual sex on the beaches. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Pretty bad. But, God, I remember we got so... That was my first time being really wasted, and everybody was wasted, and I didn't have a boyfriend or anybody there. But my, I won't use names, but people started like fucking each other. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Like, people started fucking each other in my mom's house while we were like in the living room. There was like, there was just like a single wall dividing the dining room from the living room, and people were like fucking each other in the, in the dining room. Like, orgy? In the dining room. Kids? Teenagers? My age. Yeah. So like 19. Uh huh. Um, Weird. I would never fuck somebody. <laughs> I would never fuck somebody. Like, like just in, like, people weren't in their individual rooms. People were just, like, in the No, room. they were just, like, out, like, in their corners. Like, hey. <laughs> and I think somebody did look, and, and, oh, yeah, somebody did look because they were like, oh my God, they're fucking. Whoa. Weird. Multiples okay. or just one group <laughs> of Multiples. two? Definitely one couple. And he apparently had a cobra dick. I'm what sorry? does that mean? <laughs> a cobra dick. I guess it kind of like was straight and then up at the top kind of... Like a dog? Like a, oh. Like a, ew, gross. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but whatever. Anyway. Anyway. Not I so remember, much mushroom cobra. <laughs> I just re- I don't really remember like a whole bunch about it other than the people fucking, but I know the next day it was like when we woke up, I had to crap so bad. <laughs> And nobody would like leave my house, and so I'm like clenching, oh, holding no. on, holding on, and trying to get everybody to leave my house. I remember that. Is that a typical reaction? Like, I think it? there's like a sugary shit. Oh, okay. I know like wine shit. Sugary, sugary shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Like you get, I yeah, it I think like it's a like a disco band. Sugary shit. Well, someone de- told me that about cocaine that it makes you have to go to the bathroom. Mm, but that's not sometimes, my okay. But uh, yeah, I think you go uh, into the bathroom to do the cocaine. <laughs> I think alcohol has a lot of sugar in it, okay. and I think you end up with like I, I've heard of like wine shits and stuff like that. Yeah. That never yeah. happened. I've heard of beer shits, but I never. Okay. I I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> Mary Jo loves sure. you can shits. <laughs> But, you know, like, I would never, and I still don't, like, that is a very private thing, yeah. and I will not do that around people, but I will, I have the, I have the fucking asshole of steel, you know? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Mary Jo fell in love with you. <laughs> This is okay. This is <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> okay, but some of the some of the other like memorable times, uh, the the time that I thought was my first time, which was actually not. I had gone to college, and I didn't know anybody at all, and I went to an art school. So I was gonna write this friend of mine while I was doing shots of tequila. So I had made this beautiful drawing of the still life drawing of the tequila bottle and then marked the time like tick marked the level on the bottle I was at and the time that I took the shot and my mom never fucking calls me ever like I have to call my mom if we're gonna talk but my mom called me and I'm halfway down this (laughs) bottle and I'm trying to like not let her know that I'm wasted but meanwhile I'm like making oh I was very uh uh, disorganized and there was 
clutter all over my floor. So I was like laying on the floor, talking to my mom, making like a garbage angel, like you (laughs) (laughs) making a gar like a garbage angel on my fire red, fire orange shag carpeting in this disgusting fucking apartment. (laughs) This like furnished apartment that had like somebody else's pubes. Oh, and where was this? this Where was was this? This was in Chicago. Okay, was in the. It was on. it was in the gold, the Gold Coast part of Chicago, like Goethe or something. I can't remember what the street was, but who cares? Um, uh, so, oh, uh, yeah. What's wrong? So things happen. Oh, sorry, I'm touching oh. the microphone. And oh, oh, so, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, and then um, you were talking about having to make yourself barf. Yeah. One time I got super fucking wasted on brandy. This is all in like this is all in my twenties. And able to like pour alcohol down me and not be that uh, hungover and stuff the next day, but you know I didn't really. I could see I can see now when I look back at the past, it's like I had no limits. Like mm-hmm. it was just get it in as much as you can. Fast. It wasn't fast. for the taste or anything like that. It was like yeah. get, get, get me affected and with friends, like with people or by yourself or what was the goal? Was it, it was usually the goal was to it? have fun and I would do that with my friends, but eventually like a, a wouldn't in my 20s I wouldn't really drink alone. Um but by the time I was in my 30s and I was at uh, was at the Groundlings and then the Sunday Company and then the Sunday Company ended and I was suddenly rudderless yeah. because mm-hmm. I had been invested, you know, invested so much of my life at the at the Groundlings, and it was no longer part of the scenario. So it was like, what do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, what am I gonna do? I don't have any fucking idea. So I guess I'm just gonna get drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I was also living in this sort of compound situation. We had like multiple apartments with several of us that were. Uh, that had gone through the groundings at the same in the same generations, and uh, you know it was like our pastime. We'd play Garage Band and get fucking trashed, like or watch like Project Runway or <laughs> or watch Intervention, like watch, <laughs> how ironic. Yeah, I'd yeah. watch Intervention alone uh, or with others and laugh <laughs> and point, and meanwhile like puke in my bed that night, um, <clears throat> which is really gross. <laughs> um, uh, let me see here. Oh, 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 yeah. So, a few like moments that I can uh, remember. Like, I had gone to see, I was seeing a therapist, and I went to that therapist at least twice drunk, like drinking during the day, because I would, it was daylight, I'm gonna start drinking and uh, drive, like, go to Del Taco. Oh, I had this like really fun show. That we did at the, in the, at the basement of a of a ho, of a hotel, and we do karaoke after the show. And I have like no memory about like how did I get home and oh my god, it was so fucking. I mean, it was like super hardcore. Um, but <laughs> we were talking about our friend Brian earlier. He had broken up with his boyfriend, and he was going to come live with me, which was fine, but. And I knew he was coming, and I was drinking all day, and so I passed out before he had arrived, so he just broke up with his boyfriend. He's coming to the apartment, 
and knocking on the door and nobody, like, nobody's home. I mean, I'm in there, but nobody's home. He's, like, lifting this PVC, this, like, 18-foot-long PVC pipe <laughs> up off the ground that was, like, laying on the side of a building and pr- putting it up to my window, like, yelling at me to wake uh. up. And he had to sleep in his car. <laughs> Shame. What a fucking asshole I am. Uh, uh, but the... So at that point, did you think you had a problem? I think I didn't care. I didn't give a shit. At that time, it was um, not because the groundlings had ended, but I was really in a dark, depressed, suicidal kind of time. It was like, I wasn't sure that I would want to kill myself, but I didn't give a shit if I died. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... You know, drinking was fun. Drinking was the possibility of ending it without being responsible for ending it. Mm. You know? Uh, Yeah. And then, you know, it was like any opportunity to get wasted. I mean, that that was what it was. But um, one night we had gone out. And this was towards the end of my drinking career. But um, uh, we went out. And a friend of mine wanted to go to, I think, the Gold Coast on, what is that, Santa Monica? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went, and we, I remember that we were playing pool, and then I don't remember anything. And I know that we were drinking a lot, because we were playing Garage Band prior to that. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't... I think I remember coming home, but I don't have, like, any clear memory about this at all. But then, like, sometime around probably 3 or 4 in the morning, I have to throw up. So I'm like, I don't want to throw up in my bed. Mm -hmm. So I get up, I go throw up, wander back to... Oh, and Brian is living with me at this point. But I go back to my room, and I pull back the sheet, and I had... uh, killed my dog <gasps> by I I have no memory so I can't say for sure but I think that I passed out on top of her and so that was oh. really fucking horrible <laughs> really I mean it's still horrible it's still horrible it's horrible oh that's um, devastating for you yeah it was really it was really yeah it's really bad. And I'm going to say, like, something super gross, too. But, I mean, in, in some way, it's, in some way, it's almost like she kind of saved me, even though mm. I didn't stop drinking at that time. But I don't drink now because I know where it went. And it went to such, I mean, I fucking love my dogs. Yeah. I love my dogs. And she was really, like, all I had at that point, too, other than my, like, depression and need for uh, dying accidentally on purpose. Um, But, but yeah, so in some way she's kind of, like, a little bit like my insurance or my, you know, she kind of, she kind of saves me, I guess. She's your tether. Wow. And you've been sober how long? We just talked about this, but I... Uh, I stopped drinking in August of 2011. Wow. So, I enjoy cool water. <laughs> <laughs> and hot tea. And hot tea. Cool water and hot tea. Your yeah. enamel is mad at you. <laughs> yeah, but oh my God. 
so harsh just like remembering that the, the physicality of being that poisoned like like poisoned and my back was always killing me and I think it's I think it wasn't my back it was my kidneys that mm-hmm. were like mm. hey yeah. um yeah and I I also get kind of afraid like when I'm in a relationship and it's really like wonderful and I I love Mary Jo. Hey, everyone, I love Mary Jo. Hi. Um, but, you know, like, if that ever went away, I worry about two things. One is, will I become a hoarder? And <laughs> two is, oh, my God, will I ever pick that up again? Mm-hmm. And I really hope that I don't. Um, I mean, I don't feel like I would, but, you know, you see people that yeah. have 20-plus years of sobriety, mm-hmm. and then they go do something and fucking die because they're drink the quantity that they used to or one last time or Mm -hmm. yeah or like you know you get I I feel like I would like I would try it and then I'd be like well see nothing happened Mm -hmm. right and then do it again and then before I know it yeah it's fucking going again Mm -hmm. so anyway uh, if anyone wants to email me (laughs) (laughs) wow that story is intense yeah I feel like applause is gross so let's just go we love you. We love you. Love Natalie. Love you, Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mary Jo. All right. Um, I, I relate to... So I'm the only one at the table that started drinking very early, apparently. Um, <laughs> and it, it definitely started with empties, like going around <clears throat> to at parties where, you know, the adults had been drinking and then you're finishing what's at the bottom of the glass or at the bottom of the bottle, right? Like that definitely was something that we did as kids. Um, alcohol for me, uh, when I was a teenager and really started drinking probably like 13, um, and drank very heavily until I was uh, 21, off and on, and a lot of, I mean, not mostly on, not off, and also a lot of drugs. So I, they're really that, that seven, eight-year period, I wasn't sober, just was not sober for a very long period of time. Alcohol was, um, it was the cure for boredom. It was courage. It was escape. Um, and it was, um, it was a badge of coolness, like the amount you could drink, like how much could you drink Mm -hmm. and not pass out or not puke? Like Uh how far could you go? And Uh I used to be like, I can put, I can drink three, six packs of Miller Genuine Draft tonight and would every night and not pass out and not get sick and just lots and lots of alcohol. And there were also nights, of course, that I would pass out and I would get sick. And all of us did. And, like, that was sort of part of it. And it was all about, like, first of all, I got boobs, uh, big boobs at 15. <laughs> and after I got big boobs, I stopped getting carded. So I, and, and oh, really? I also moved out when I was 15. Yes. So here's this teenager living without parents. So my house was the place to be. Wow. Um, so mm. you came to my house. Because I could buy booze without getting carded, and there were no parents at my house. Mm. So it was just, we drank, and we drank a lot, and we drank every night. Um, And I saw some crazy shit on alcohol, but I also just, like, it was just the thing to do. There was nothing else to do. Like, we used to go, this was in Ojai, we used to go to the River Bottom (laughs) in Miner's Oaks, uh, or Oakview, um, just to hang out. And it was just a dry river bottom, and you would just hang out, and you would just drink all night, and you'd... 
turn car lights on and you'd play music and you'd just drink and then the sun would come up and you would make your way home. And I don't even, I don't know that I realized how sad I was. If I think about it now, like it was really, I was so sad and I was terrified all the time. Like I moved out early and a lot of that was sort of like, I couldn't bear to li- continue to live where I, at home. It was just not great for me. And I, and I just got to a place of like, I got to go. But I was in no way ready to go. I was not prepared to take care of myself. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and, and for me, it was just like, as long as I had enough money to pay my bills, then I was surviving. It was fine. And whatever that took. And uh, whether I was selling drugs or I had a job or whatever it was or both, um, it was just every day. It was like, oh, I'm making it. I'm making it. I don't have to go home. Like, I, I'm not going to fail at this. I've left and I'm going to stay out here. And I, and I was very determined, but I was scared all the time. And I think the drinking, um, I think my, I think a lot of the drinking was a lot to do with that. Just like, I don't want to feel scared. And so, you know, and I'm drunk, I laugh, you know, you laugh, you're having mm-hmm. fun and music is loud mm-hmm. and craziness. And I've told stories on this podcast like that was when I was living in that little tiny house that had the doors at each end and the guy would drive his motorcycle through my house like it was my first time apartment yeah it was crazy 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 like it it was an insane life and and like I remember once um waking up in my car in my driveway uh having no idea how I got home I'm in the passenger seat the driver's side door is open the car is running scorpions are playing um and waking up like I have no idea who drove me home. I have no idea how long I've been passed out in the front seat of my own car. Just drinking to excess, drinking to blackout, and um, and that continued. Then in my early 20s, um, I got sober. Um, I, was, I had a lot of problems with, with drugs, but when I let go of the drugs, I also let go of the alcohol. So for several years, I didn't drink at all and then I went to the groundlings um, <laughs> the source of all of our drinking yeah and I, and then I will say yeah, like I mean and, and I had some fight like I was going to tell this story like I I uh, the first time I I did tequila shots was also the last time I ever did tequila shots or drank tequila of any kind because I yeah it was one of those things where I was with my friend Jennifer and um, we were at her brother John's birthday party, and we were—I think we were 14, and it was his 16th birthday party. And somebody brought a bottle of Cuervo Gold <laughs> to the party, and we stole it and locked ourselves in her room. <laughs> and we're doing shots, but we didn't know that, like you have to wait and see how a couple of shots feel. You don't—you mm-hmm. mm-hmm. don't just keep drinking it. Did you draw a beautiful still life? I did not. I, uh, I got so sick. I uh, what I re- all I remember is that I locked myself in the only bathroom in the house, <laughs> and was just vo- violently ill for hours. With people banging on the door, going "Get out of the bathroom!" and I was gone. So and there was I had a lot of nights like that. Um, and my I would drink whatever I could get my hands on. I would drink Midori. Um, I would drink Manischewitz. Um, I would drink, um, one of my favorite things was to have a bottle of Tangray in one hand and a bottle of Orange Crush in the other and just take shots and chase them with Orange Crush. Yeah. I could drink mass amounts of alcohol and uh, did drink mass amounts of alcohol. Um, I'm kind of, um, I kind of can't believe 
Like, the goal was to get booze. No matter what it was, we got to get the booze, we got to get a lot of booze, and we got to drink all night, and we got to keep going. And the longer you go, the better. And and it was a game. And, like, um, I worked at a bowling alley once, and uh, it was a, a shorter cook in a bowling alley coffee shop, and then there was a bar also attached to the bowling alley. And the um, we would pass food to the bartender, and he would pass drinks to us, and by the time we were closed, we were wasted. We would go in the walk-in fridge and um, suck the gas out of the whipped cream cans. Um, <laughs> Whippets. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and then we would, like, go home and watch horror movies until we passed out. And I just, I can't even imagine if you looked at my liver, like, they'd be like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> it, just the amount of alcohol that went through my body for so many years. Then we get, so then we get to the Groundlings. And my experience at the Groundlings was you had rehearsal one night a week, you had a show in the Sunday Company, show one night a week. And both nights, after rehearsal or after the show, you went to the bar. Yeah. And you got trashed. And there was a bar, and I can't remember the name of it. Snake Pit. No, no, not the Snake Pit. The other side, other end of Melrose, um, on the opposite side of the street from the Snake Pit. And when we huh. were in the Sunday Company, that's where we went. And um, Rachel and I are both very well, confused. I, I don't remember <laughs> uh, what the name of it was, but it was, we always went. And when we would go both nights, it was like Wednesday night rehearsal, Sunday night, Sunday Company. And this was before Melrose. There wasn't much going on on Melrose then. So on both those nights, the bar wouldn't be packed so when we came in it was sort of like we take over the bar yeah Yeah. and we every week every week twice a week we'd go into this bar and so we started to get to know the employees of the bar until eventually like at 1 30 they would call last call people that were not part of our group were gone they'd lock the door and we would just keep (sighs) drinking for hours and we would go behind the bar and pour and that place went out of business Uh, and like you were talking about um, wanting to be sober in case of an emergency mm-hmm. I remember um, getting a phone call um, from my mom and she needed me and it was an emergency and I don't even know how she tracked me down there and it was like 2 o'clock in the morning and I remember this so clearly I remember standing at the back of the bar on their phone this was no cell phone days and I'm on their phone and um, I can remember, I remember so clearly, like, I remember what I'm wearing in this moment of just, like, knowing that my mother needed me mm. and that I was wasted and that I had to go. And I left and I got in the car and I drove to Santa Monica and I was so drunk. And I drove yeah. drunk so often. Yeah. And I remember once, um, <laughs> I can't believe that I got away with this. I was uh, driving. I was on... Uh, Santa Monica Boulevard in Santa Monica and um, right at uh, Santa Monica and 20th I think or 26th and it had been raining a little bit and um, but and I was you know when you're drunk and you know you're not supposed to be driving and you're just drunk enough to know you're not supposed to be driving mm-hmm. so you're hyper aware mm-hmm. you're like 10 and 2 10 yeah. and 2 mm-hmm. and you're really focused and you're watching your speed limit and you're like just being super hyper aware mm-hmm. and I was being so super hyper aware of my driving that I didn't realize that the light was turning red. Ugh. So I, I look up just as the light is turning red, and so I slam on my brakes. Mm. And because it had been slight of raining, the ground was wet. And so I just did a little squealy fishtail. It wasn't like a major thing, but sort of like, Aah! and in the parking lot of the, uh, there was a save-on drugstore on the corner. Uh, it was a cop car. Oh. And it was like, whoop, whoop. And uh, so I, they pulled me over, and I was like, 
and I don't know how I did this because I was wasted. And I was like, it's raining. Like, the, I didn't have a choice. I was trying to be a safe driver. <laughs> I was trying to stop. And uh, I know that the law is you're supposed to stop before the crosswalk. And somehow they, I got off. I didn't get a ticket. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, and, and in, uh, yeah. So, um, what else do I have? I, I think I, 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 I think I drank to get rid of shame. I think I drank like to not feel shame or to not feel fear. I drank. I couldn't have sex if I didn't drink. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't have a conversation in a group like this. Like I wouldn't be able to have to do this if I wasn't drunk. Um, I needed to have a cocktail in my hand. It was this, like, I, I, and I was aware of it. And I, and I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I just thought, like, well, that, that's the only way that I can function is if I don't have this drink in my hand, then I can't, I just can't be part of this, but I need to be part of this because I'm living a life, so I have to live life, so I'm just going to have to live life drunk. Um, <clears throat> and then... Um, when you stopped drinking, I also stopped drinking. Chick. Uh, when Chick stopped drinking, thank you. I also stopped drinking. Um, and I I don't, I, I now, like, I'll drink occasionally. I don't miss it. Mm. I don't need it. If somebody said to me, like, you can never drink again, I wouldn't be devastated. If you said you can never have a piece of toast again, I'd kill you. <laughs> so, like, alcohol, is, alcohol is not, oh not my, God, my, my problem, child. It's mm -hmm. not my thing. Um, I also, I do not like to be drunk anymore. I can't, I'm very low, very low tolerance. A couple of drinks, I'm done. If I have, if I go beyond that, I feel so gross, like yeah. so sick and toxic. I feel toxic. Like I can feel it everywhere in my bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And I think back to things like that I did where like this, the, the lengths we would go to to get alcohol, stealing <laughs> alcohol, driving drunk. I remember once, um, Cops knew we we were was probably sixteen, and um, I I think like they because oh is such a small town like after a while it's like they know who we are, <laughs> and uh, saw us coming out of the um, liquor store that was called the Attitude Adjustment. Oh, and, God. Uh, oh yeah. God! I mean, uh, yeah, with like you Truth know with, with my with the alcohol, and then like I was in the passenger seat, and uh, my friend John was driving, and. Uh, we knew that, like, the, we, saw, we saw that the cops saw us, and they knew that we had booze, and we had it in a car, and so he sped up, and we got to the orange groves, and, I, like, while the car was still running, we threw the door open, and I got out with the beer and started running through the orchards, and he kept going, Jesus. and the cops went after him, and, oh my God. and then he circled back later, because, you know, like, they, they had nothing on him when they pulled him over, and then we just got drunk in the orchards, and it was just insane, and it was all about, you, like... You ran out of a moving car? Yeah, I jumped out of the movie. <laughs> I jumped out of the, I mean, it wasn't like going 50 miles Holding there, like, but like what? Yes. Like two Holding industrial jugs of no, like No, I had a 12-pack, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was all like how we need more alcohol. We need more alcohol. We need it now, and we need to get drunk, and we need to stay drunk. And mm -hmm. then... Yeah. And it was every day. Like, I think about that. I think about that. Like I have nieces and nephews now. One of them, like my oldest nephew, is eighteen. He's graduating from college, from high school. He's about to go to college, 
and he's, you know, he's entering into the Red Solo Cup world, you know? Like, right. he's, that's where he's headed right now. And it's so terrifying to me I'm because... That that's um, what's so interesting to me because I have 14-year-olds, right? And I don't think I know anyone who doesn't have a story where they excessively yes. drink. It's just the how long that period went. But everyone excessively drinks. So is that just... That's a rite of passage? That's just what happens? There's nothing you can... What is it? Like, yeah, it's interesting. And my sister, his, their, his mother is, you know, like a very hip, cool mom. Like, talks talks about alcohol and drugs, and and talks about the consequences of alcohol and drugs, and talks about the law and the rules and the health issues and what you could lose if you drink and if you drink and drive and don't get into a car if somebody else has been drinking. Like, she's not somebody who's afraid to have tough conversations. She's not somebody who's, but at the same time. Yeah peer pressure I mean look at how I lived like I it was all about drinking and it 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 was all about how much could we drink and how often could we drink and when did we did we never have to stop drinking and it was insane Mm -hmm. and that scares me so much for these kids like it's a fucking miracle that I'm sitting here telling you this story for the number of times that I drove wasted down the I wonder freeway, if it's just 75 that, miles an hour. Yeah, Everyone is looking for an opportunity to not be so self-conscious in your head, feeling judged. Feel, mm-hmm. So it's like if you if there was a way people could figure out or society could figure out how to encourage people to just be more authentic, more whatever themselves, maybe that would be I think a slow change for that. Yeah, you know? I was that never peer pressured into drinking it all came from curiosity or curiosity and um from having like a stick up my ass and it was like I there because I being silly and being weird I was um but people would comment on that like you're not even drunk and you're such a like like energy (laughs) thing and so you feel like oh, okay, like maybe that's too much. And I definitely felt like alcohol allowed me to be sexual. It right, that's me a to big one too, I think. Big yeah. one. Yeah. And allowed me to have to flirt. fun yeah. and flirt. <clears throat> and it's it's like the, I mean, I'm sure all drugs are like this. It's all self-medicating, but it is 100%. I don't think there is some way to destigmatize this stuff because it's been, alcohol and drugs have existed since humans have existed. Mm-hmm. So, or when people learn to like distill shit. But I think there's always been a way to, like I said, like a shortcut to something. A well, fix. and alcohol has been, you know, it, it it's so glamorized in so many ways mm-hmm. and it's so marketed to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is also. Like, it's inescapable, right? Like, I remember, I don't even know if they do this anymore, but do you remember the rumor when we were kids? Uh, where if you looked at it, um, they, there was like this, uh, if you saw a liquor ad in a magazine, that in the in the ice cubes. Oh, there were sexual things. Yeah, yes. there was like yes. penises yes. in yes. the ice cubes, and you're always looking for that. Like, I don't even know if that's a real thing or if that was a marketing ploy. Totally, gimmick, yeah. By the booze companies to be like, make the kids look for the dicks in the ice, and that'll make them think of Jameson, and they'll want to drink it. I don't know. But that was like anything. Anything that was alcohol-related, it was... The absolute ads, remember those? Yeah, the absolute. I had a collection of them. And we, I started like you started with Zima, but I started with like Boone's Farm, like that. Yeah, I drank that in college. Yeah, Yeah, Boone's Farm and and um, 
Bartles and James wine coolers, mm-hmm. and which was all like BJ's. Yes, BJ's, of course. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it didn't even matter. I mean, the fact that I would sit around and drink Tangeray and Orange Crush, <laughs> one in each hand, like that's there's no class in that at all. Like, there's, there's no, you can't pretend. It wasn't like I was this sophisticated. Like I love a Manhattan. Right. I was just like <laughs> fucking pounding Tangeray and Orange Crush. Just get, get it in. in. Get yep. wasted. Be be loud, be crazy, be loose, be obnoxious, be rude, be destructive. I mean, all of the, that's what alcohol made me. I was so destructive. I was destructive to my body. I was destructive to my psyche and my, my emotional state with the things that I allowed myself to do. Like I compromised my body drunk because I thought that's what I was supposed Mm -hmm. to do. And Mm -hmm. you know, it was sort of like a self rape, right? Like I got myself so intoxicated that I didn't care if if I had sex. Like Mm -hmm. who it was with, yeah. Yeah, it didn't matter. Well, it takes the guilt away because you're not, but we were also taught that in movies. Like the, the movie, like, thing is the girl is so drunk and I know a lot of people think that it's, it's very, it's very rapey, but I, when I saw that stuff, I saw it as like, oh, this is an excuse to have sex without the guilt. Yeah, like there's it, no responsibility. I think it boils down hmm. to what you were saying, which is like, for me, it was always turn off the judgment. Like, yeah. Get, yeah. Like, turn off if you just turn off the fear, yeah, the fear, the judgment, the yeah. like, to end I, the I can be out of my way mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm wasted. I can right. get the fuck out of my way. Well, especially because I, I had yeah. so my girlfriends were so sexual. They were so like seemingly comfortable in their bodies and like seducing the men in their lives mm-hmm. and like yeah. just would the music like the way they would dance mm-hmm. and I was in awe of that and I the only only way I could get anywhere close to that level of comfort was drunk. Yeah. I, I couldn't, and I can't even imagine how awful it must have been to make out with me while I was that fucking I bet you drunk. were amazing. Oh, my God. oh you're sweet. <laughs> Chick, <laughs> is she a good kisser? She is. But drunk go. or sober? But I'm sure like, that, you know, ways, the other person was really drunk like too, I'm sure. No. What was that? I'm sure, you know, ever you're usually making out with another drunk person too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. I will say one of my biggest memories of something like sexual, Derek was there when we saw it. We watched the movie High Art. <laughs> oh. And in, the, in it, remember the straight girl? Her favorite scene. She goes like, yeah, Dee knows this very well. She goes to a party with um, Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy, and they she do does heroin. like heroin, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yes, yes. And she comes home, and her boyfriend's asleep, and she kind of gets on top of him, and like wakes him up, making out with him, and right. then, like they have sex. And I remember thinking that was such a hot scene because she it's was a hot movie. she it's was a, in control because she was in yeah. control, but she was also like loose free. like yeah. she was free like yeah. she just showed up way. and had mm-hmm. what she wanted and, and like it's such a memory but I also associate it with the fact that she was high yep mm. right like the, she didn't yeah. do it sober she did it high the interesting thing is coming back to the groundlings again um, I cannot perform drunk and I one time I, I did a show I'd gone to like a big bridal shower or something that Sunday afternoon and then went to the theater to do the Ooh, show yeah. So, I, and at the party, I was thinking, how, how bad could this be, right? <laughs> and I didn't get, like, wasted, but I had a couple of co- couple of glasses of wine or cocktails, whatever I was drinking. By the time I got to, to the theater, I was still pretty drunk, and I, my improv skills went right out the window. Mm-hmm. I yeah. could not do it. All mm-hmm. that 
my brain just didn't work that way anymore. So the, that's sort of interesting to me that because the, the place you would think you'd be the most fearful would be on stage without a mm-hmm. script. I couldn't drink and do that. You have to be the most present. You have to be the most present. But I did not want to be present for just about everything else. And that's the difference. It's it's shutting down versus being present. Yeah, I wanted to participate. Yeah. But I didn't want to feel anything that might actually be organic to what I was doing, whether it was feeling ashamed or afraid or, yeah, it just was like, just be numb, just be drunk. Before we wrap up, Ian Smith. You got any thoughts about alcoholism you want to talk about? I love alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yay! Ian's currently on a break, but uh, yay! Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys uh, and gals, let's go around the room. Everyone just say your internet handles, what you'd like to promote. Uh, Dee, why don't you start? I'm Derek Ringgold, at Derek Ringgold. That's R-I-N-G-O-L-D, just like it sounds. <laughs> On all medias? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify, and Twitter. All right. Rachel? Uh, I'm on Instagram. I think I'm Rachel Ramrus on Instagram. <laughs> I and so. I have a verification. Oh. Yeah. Which I had when I had, like, two followers. Because TV Land, like, verifies you. So it makes it look Love super It, it is a great show. She has a great show. If you can watch, find yeah. it streaming, please watch it. I agree. Thank Chick, you. we always promote you. So just say you're on. Well, uh, you can find me on all the socials at T Chick Photo. Um, that's not photo with an F. That's photo with a PH. <laughs> the um, unfun way to spell it. I mean, are we? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's right. that. Find me. Ian is at, at Ian Screams on all things. Ian is spelled I A N. Uh, and Ian does all the music and the editing and everything for this Thank show. Thank you. Heavens for Ian. And also, if you want to listen to the full songs that Ian writes or that his band writes, it's all on SoundCloud, right, Ian? No. It's all on <laughs> iTunes? Uh, Bandcamp, and there's some stuff on Spotify. Just go to Bandcamp, Biblical just, Proof of UFOs. Just go to Bandcamp, Biblical Proof of UFOs. We it won't be not, sorry. It's not religious. That's the name of the band? Yeah. yeah. It's just a biblical great band. and of it, UFOs. They mean it ironically, not in any kind of biblical way. I am uh, Colleen Smee, C-O-L-L-E-E-N-S-M-I. post a lot, Colleen. What? You don't post I don't. I'm better. On Twitter. Twitter. She's tweeting up a story. I've been enjoying it. And my Colleen Marie Smee on Instagram. Also, Ducks the Dog has an account. Yes. She's getting better. But a lot. if you just want to look at pictures of my chocolate lab, she's a real delight. Mary Jo. My dogs are on Instagram because they don't have opposable thumbs. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mary Jo LA. You can find me on Instagram at Mary Jo underscore LA. You can find me on Facebook at Mary Jo Smith. It's a public account. Help yourself. Uh, we are on Facebook. Uh, we post pictures there. We ha- interact there. Please tell us stories. We want to start reading people's stories on the show. And you can give us uh, uh, suggestions for a new episode. Or if you want to be on the show, let us know. Yeah. And you can also review us on iTunes. Please do yes, so. Yes, please um, rate and review. Rate us and give us a thumbs up and a like and tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Tell your friends. This is good. By the way, uh, this goes up on April 1st, right? April Fool's. Yes. Yeah, drunk fools. Oh, and then that means that so the you next... can also come to our live show. Yes, we're going to wow. do a live show in April for the, um, the, the chapter that will go up May 1st. We're going to do it live at the Groundlings. We will be drunk. Uh, no, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> we will be stone cold sober. 
Uh, check the website or uh, check our Twitters and stuff. Have you done here. that before? We've done it. Uh, a we did of times. it at Groundlings and we did it at uh, Comedy Central stage. The very Fun. first time we did this podcast was at the Groundlings Live, and it was and was the first my first time. Virginia, Virginia. Virginia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, was all, yeah, yeah. it was all women. I was there. Yeah. All gals. Um, so anyway, check us out. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.